0: I what? like service sort of establishments where you, where they just beat the shit out of you.
1: Bad you know waitress. I mean? Ed DeBevix. Uh The, the uh, Target.
0: Billy Goat Tavern in Chicago. It's owned by the guy who had the goat. You know the Cubs thing where the goat he cursed the Cubs because they would yeah. let his goat come no? in. It's like a big thing. I can't remember his name, but he tried bringing his goat in, his favorite goat. He's like to a very, yeah. He's like a, uh, uh, an immigrant, and he had like a favorite goat. And they didn't let it in. It sounds like it's too Neutron the character. Cubs, and they didn't win until he lifted the curse. And, he, and now there's like a they, anyway. There's he has like a chain of like higher end. Well, he's dead now, but they have a chain of like higher end like burger places. But the original burger place is just like under a bridge. It's like this little fucking place. You walk in, and the guys just like you're getting a burger, and they just give you a burger. It's like that rule. I had though. no choice here. That's what I'm saying. I like All
2: it. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't making a sweeping statement about all establishments like that, I think that specifically the Granny Donuts thing kind of gets to me.
0: Granny Donut.
2: But now that I know... Granny Donut. Know granny cares, do that.
0: No S on the okay. Granny Donut. We're cutting all this out, please.
2: Thank are You, you can added
0: this one. Uh, so mm-hmm. the the volunteer? I'm not sure what ethnicity, but they're Asian. And I'm like, what is the Granny thing? What could it possibly mean? You gotta speak into the mic, Just by old the way. People? Are we recording right now? We have been. I was fucking eating a donut while talking, and why don't you just this tell mic me is is you way up
1: there.
2: It's not that hard to notice. Do you feel like you have some, like, perception issues? You didn't notice the This is, this is the worst. You,
0: you just ha- fixed my mic and okay. it's like <laughs> So you had it up hey, here. Hey, man, thanks for recording my nipples, dude. This is fucking great. You want to hear the sounds I know of what our listeners racket. want. What the <laughs> fuck is <Yep>.
1: this? <laughs> I mean, are you going to be well, Let's just rigid? get that
0: mic down there. Let's just get the mic all the way. <laughs> all right.
1: Harry, if sure you're right. going to be facing that way and this way, you might want to bring that mic a little closer to the center. Every time <laughs> we try and move the mics, I die a little bit, <laughs>
0: even I though it's probably the, the right thing mics. to do.
2: Oh, I forgot the bottles. Uh, the like bottle. this? Oh. Yeah, I was going to click some bottles together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also don't
2: really want to do the voice.
1: Uh, no, it would.
2: It's early and I'm self conscious. No, no, do we, it. It's a good. Bit. My, fav- my favorite. Told it's a good bit.
1: Nope. Do the voice. My favorite part of that scene is when what? he's clinking, yeah. and it's inside the car, and then like the camera shifts to outside, yeah. and the sound diegetically changes yeah. to where he's just it's echoing like somebody in
0: the down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's such a good scene. It is. It is. I don't have a plot summary for this. Mean, if do it, do there's it. like one sentence. I right? Can,
2: yeah, I can do it right now. Do it. Well, I mean, we're, we have to. Okay.
1: And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Thank you very much for listening to Try Love, a literal roundtable podcast where we talk about movies we saw at the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can follow us at Trilove Podcast. You can follow them at Trilon Cinema. I'm Jason. You can follow me at Nintendoofus.
0: Uh, my name's Aaron. You can follow me at
1: RB, please. I'm Harry. You can follow me at Shiitake Harry. And today we're going to be talking about The Warriors, 1979, directed by Walter Hill. Uh, And Aaron, no, Harry wanted to the a quick plot summary because it's a pretty simple movie.
2: uh, The movie opens with the Coney Island Warriors, one of New York's many gangs, going to Central Park to meet with all of the other gangs, well, to meet with nine members of every other gang in New York City uh, at a summit held by um, his name is Cyrus. Cyrus. He is the leader of the Gramercy Riffs, the biggest uh, gang in New York City. Cyrus wants all of the gangs to come together to overthrow the cops and take over the city, uh, borough by borough, block by block. And he has this um, very inspirational opening speech where he um, says that. Um, during this speech, at the climactic moment, he is shot dead by a member of the Rogues, who are a sort of nihilist uh, gang. But the the rogue, on his way out, blames one of the warriors for the shooting. Uh, Everyone believes him, and so the Warriors, now stranded in Central Park, must get back to their Coney Island home uh, while evading or fighting their way past every single gang in New York City who are now cooperating to destroy them.
1: Along with the cops.
2: Along with the cops. I said every gang in New York. Hey! It's actually not
0: every gang in New York. It's technically only half of the gangs. That's true. He yeah. does mention that there are unincorporated, left. Yeah. yeah, including yeah. the orphans,
1: the orphans, um, which we'll get to. Yeah, it's nice that bit. we get a little peek at like the people on the rim of even this subculture. Yes. Yeah. right. It's pretty, uh, it's a really pretty it's neat.
0: really nuanced world building. I think I gotta say that was a Aaron Level uh, movie. Uh, summary. That was means a lot, coming you. from the, uh, you've, been, coming you've, from been, the you've
1: been shooting off your mouth about, like, how you like simple films and, uh, like, one-track I was gonna bring that up, no, too! I was no, 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 up. no, 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 I don't like that argument. I don't, I don't think it's a thing, but in your defense, Walter Hill has many times said, like, I just mm. wanted a simple, straightforward story. Here's like, the, this is just the easiest thing you can yeah. set up. Uh, do, do I
0: was, this is actually, it's, so Cody's not here today. Uh, Cody, hope you're having fun Yeah. Sorry to Cody's family. Uh,
1: dead in a quid ditch.
0: But, uh, I was hanging out with uh, Jason and Harry at uh, Blue Door Pub, one uh a uh, great <laughs> establishment. They have great burgers. They have great wings, some of the best wings in the city. They have mediocre opinion. wings. This
1: is the bit. <clears throat> it's
0: not a bit. They're good wings. Uh, but we were hanging out, and I had expressed... What movie had we watched that I was thinking... Uh, I don't even know if no, it To shit. be or not to be?
1: Uh, not you weren't here for that one.
0: Oh, it was... Uh, was it... It was some action movie, right? Yeah, maybe something I'd seen in theaters. I was expressing the idea that I like films that have a very clear, often geographically based goal. Like, we need to get out of the city. We need to escort the president to this place. And a
2: single goal that remains true throughout the entire film, right? That that is
0: established early enough to where you know the stakes and the the plot is able to unfold from there. This is a perfect example of that. I would say harassed by these two clowns sitting across from me, and then oh look, we we watch the Warriors, and what a great example of a movie that does that. So your argument
2: seemed to be couched in the notion that that's not true of every single movie. Every single movie has a goal and conflict. That's the plot of a film. That's like that's all of them. There's maybe a few. I think that was the point that that me and Jason were attempting to make is that you could you could arbitrate that plot structure onto any. Movie, if you tried hard enough, and someone could out. if
0: they were reductive assholes. But my point was, I think, clearly made. I think. I think the, the point examples that you of, were reductive no, assholes. I think. Escape from New York, The Warriors, Escape from New York John was Wick, the movie. I think those we're, are all here. Yeah, here's about, about, yeah. I think
1: the thing that you're missing is that it's not a like the concept of a clear goal that you like. It's the concept of a clear goal that never changes. Yeah, right? it's I think. yeah. I that was the key Let me, let me, okay, let me continue before you shut me down about it. The uh, throughout every movie, there's a series of conflicts that are mm-hmm. like we have to get to this thing, and then that leads us to this thing. Mm-hmm. That's just a se- That's just like a fractal of what mm-hmm. you're talking about. What you're talking about is like from the beginning to the end of the Warriors. The only goal is get back to. Cunningham. It's like
2: how in uh, Mad Max Fury Road there are two right. They have to get to place and then they have to go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like
1: they're literally <laughs> just Fury Perfect Road is an commentary. example of one
0: where it does change halfway through. But right. I think that movie is still representative of what I'm talking about.
2: You're just talking about a literal geographical goal, though. You just like dudes who like, or people who move from one place to another place maybe, throughout the course maybe of the man, movie. Well, no, I think I, that's what we've. I think it also to. works.
0: I think it also works with John Wick. You big fan of Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, Two Towers. Fellowship, I would not say, is the kind of movie that does that. Fellowship has enough, like. That's actually a good point. yeah. It doesn't fit, for some reason, it doesn't well, feel right. Even well, though because it they don't know what right.
2: the quest is until like an hour and a half into that movie. I don't think.
0: But even <laughs> even that, like, even if you look at, like, The Two Towers of Return of the King, I think it's still. There is enough side stuff that is kind of. Uh, Meandering. Yeah, like, there's a bunch of side quests that yeah. happen during that film, You're right? right? Anyway, okay. Then, I just so like this movies that digression do. Digression. to into this... very... Oh, okay. Was keep. What does it, it tap into? It taps into like a uh, uh, a kind of movie that I, I liked often when I was a kid, right? That that is like kind of like a, a very clearly communicated kind of action film that like taps into like this kind of video gamey, I guess, sense that I have. You know, and I'll, to be frank, a lot of those movies are actually pretty bad. Like we we had watched Escape from New York probably a year ago. Yeah, that it, might be a hot take. I don't like that movie. It doesn't very hold much. up very well, in my opinion. It's interesting um, because it's
2: very yeah. quiet. It's it's like a really quiet movie, and I kind of like that. But uh, also, it has Harry Dean Stanton in it. Yeah. Um and uh, Snake Pliskin. <laughs>
0: yeah, but despite despite the quality of some of those films, there is something that when I hear there is a movie doing that, I am immediately like. I'm I'm in. I will watch that movie. I will go to the theater.
1: What movies from 2019 fill into, into that? Um,
0: th- so it doesn't fall into that specific. Uh, so that, uh, Knives Out is not a movie that's doing that. But Knives Out is a similar thing where the pitch was so. Here is a Who Done It. I have not seen a Who Done It in six years in the theaters that that is a pitch that kind of taps into the same feelings even though okay. it's you you want a specific thing. sort of genre um, it's not play. all that i want like i don't know i like I the know, irishman i know but, but you yeah, like i do i do like when those movies are done well also like the
2: irishman's a weird example because
1: that's also a very clearly within a genre framework but i Well, you seen just transpose so the idea of geography into time and it becomes the irishman
0: the Irishman is actually Holy about a road shit, trip dude. as well. Once You're you, on once some you see it, the see it right ir- the, the, fra- the framing narratively of The Irishman is a road trip. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's <laughs> what
1: that's what Jason something. just said. Yeah, that's, that's the, what Jason just, I just you said. You same thing. You said time. So, yeah, if you trans, the movie The Warriors mm. definitely fill, falls in. I, even I can agree. Definitely falls into that paradigm uh, of just simple get from point A to point B, survive type of thing with a lot of deeper stuff going on eventually. Yep. Uh, so we should probably talk about the New York in this movie. They yeah. start in... I've, I think it's a, it's not Central Park. But oh, it's is like it not? A, because they end up in Central Park where Ajax right. tries to assault yep. that woman. It's, it's a different park. It's well, not it's Central Park. a different park. park. It's the I think, Bronx. I think yeah, yeah. it was set in the Bronx is it what is. I read. Yep. Um, it, that's another thing. Like, this movie... There's a lot to say about the city that it's set in because it's definitely 1979. Like, you cannot make New York look like that anymore. Oh, it was man. hard to make New York look like that at the time, apparently, according to the director and uh, cinematographer and everybody else involved with the film. But uh, moreover... It feels like nowhere. It feels like a complete island unto itself. Like, everything's empty. Everything's glittering. Only night shots until the very end of the movie. Uh, What kind of vibe did New York give you guys in this movie? This is
2: absolutely the thing to start the movie talking about, right? Because I think that this is, like, one of the best-looking New York movies. I think it's maybe the best-looking New York movie ever. Uh, That might be a hot take. I haven't seen every movie set in New York. Well, the other ones I'm thinking of are, like,
1: Taxi driver, and yeah, which also is a great, m- many great parts, counter example. Many parts of you were never really here. Yeah, uh, inside Louis Davis 2019. Looks great. Yeah. That movie doesn't look very good inside Louis Davis. Oh, I'm talking about Joker 2019. Oh, oh. inside Louis Davis like, looks I great like how Joker inside, looks inside too, Davis looks great. That's yeah. fair. Anyway, yeah. um, yeah, what kind of uh, vibes?
2: I just like I think this movie is gorgeous. Uh, I saw it on 35 at uh, I think it was on 35 at the trilon. We had seen it, I think, also... Wait, not on 35. I don't think Uptown has a 35. No, but we saw it
0: at the the Midnight. Yeah. One of the Midnight showings at the Uptown Theater. Great Midnight movie. It's an amazing Midnight movie. I
2: think I said in my letterboxd review sorry um I th- i've seen this movie like four or five times and it's always been like midnight or later and it's just like that's exactly the right time to watch this movie mm-hmm. and like i wonder how i would feel about it if i watched it during the day but i don't ever want to do that i like i want it to be wrong. in the exactly it I is, want to be it in is a mindset. mistake
1: it is a mistake I, the first time i watched it was just about a year ago i think and i watched it just midday on a saturday i not yeah. have anything to do and it was great it was an, impre- it's an impressive film but i just was not in the headspace for it. I was not in the mood for it. It wasn't nighttime right. watching. And then last night, Aaron and I started at what, like nine thirty ish maybe. Yeah. Uh, and that was just about perfect. Like, nice.
2: Yeah. I, this is like the, the codifier of like when people talk about like 1970s, like grime, especially a very particular, um, New York grime, a, a New York sort of like, um, State crumbling of infrastructure like urban decay uh they're talking about this movie i think this movie captures that aesthetic uh to the point where it it is at one with the entire idea of the movie like um, new york is the the biggest character in this movie mm-hmm. right that's a cody thing to say um but he he's right in this instance right like i the the characters are so defined by their situation and situating within New York and the way that that the city of New York or the, like you said, it's not really New York. It's like a mythologized, like Mm -hmm. uh, fantasy sort of New York. Um, But it it has been so determinant in the creation of who they are and where they are um, to the point where, I mean, that's that's like a literalization of what the gangs themselves are, right? Is that they are the Gramercy rifts. They are the... Coney Island warriors like these are people who have sort of traded their individuality for a um, identification with physical geography within the
1: city of New York there's a line that Cyrus has in his uh, opening monologue where he is talking about how uh, the cops have got people fighting over their 10 square feet of ground
2: their little patch of turf man his voice is so fucking good it's
0: such a yeah it's it rules that whole beginning sequence is uh, – if, if there's anything – I I, uh, I like this movie a lot. I think think if there's anything that bugs me a little bit, I don't know if the rest of the film lives up to the promise, weirdly, of the first 15 minutes. I kind of – it's not that it, 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 it turns for the worse later in the film, but it just kind of does a completely different thing and seems somewhat uninterested uh, with what so is set up at the beginning.
2: I can sympathize with that, um, and it is how I felt the first – couple times I every time I see this movie now it works more for me mm-hmm. and I think that it squares that circle and and ties that thread throughout the film a little bit more but you are not wrong mm-hmm. in yeah. that like that is definitely it it definitely feels like a movie that that uh, sets up this sort of um
0: the civil rights background, right, even, and right? The, like this, this.
2: this sort of ideological stakes that then fall away completely. Revolutionary, which again, yeah. by design, I yeah. mean yeah. this is—it's a movie kind of about how revolutions fail in mm-hmm. a really interesting way. But uh, but once that falls away, it really falls away, and yeah. it doesn't come back. I mean, the warriors are not interested in fighting um, the rift's revolution. Nobody is interested in being the next Cyrus, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's Cyrus
1: was the one and only, right? That, I was I was going to just say pretty much the same thing where. The like the idea of those first fifteen minutes is we're going to unite all of the gangs in New York, overpower the police, and basically take over New York. Like it's yeah. a, it's a it's a rule. It's a myth. It's it's like it is the most powerful messaging they could have chosen. But as soon as it's broken, as soon as that whole concept of unity is broken, so too does the movie just descend into sort of chaos. Yeah. Right.
0: I, I'm a little so the. I don't know, we talked about spoiler alert for the end of the movie, but the the at the end of the movie it's kind of revealed that the reason that uh the is it the Rogues, the mm-hmm. Rogues decided mm-hmm. to assassinate that character uh was was as Harry said earlier kind of out of an act of nihilism. Yeah. Uh, he says like it's just a thing I like to do, man. Yeah.
2: Luther of um, the Rogues. It's interesting. I think the movie kind of problematizes that uh yeah. that it's actual nihilism. I think it's more about um sort of like uh not control necessarily but like uh, domination and like the imposition of will in a sort of like much less, um, it, it's interesting how the, the movie sort of, um, it makes Luther out to be less interesting than he himself wants to be. Mm-hmm. He sure. wants to be yes. the Joker essentially, but like those scenes where he is, um, accosting that, um, grocer at mm-hmm. that, uh, at the bodega or whatever, yeah. um, reveal that he's actually just sort of like a dick and, and like a, like a, um, self-aggrandizing like a bully really bully. Yeah. right exactly yeah
0: um i guess with- i just i just figured that the movie you know the movie seems to be going for some sort of i, I was thinking about this a lot because it's a it's like a week ago was the anniversary of uh fred hampton's death um when he was killed uh, in chicago and i was thinking about that because this movie is totally going for that sort of a thing for the first 15 minutes. You know, there's the, the scene where they're all gathering in the park and you see shots of police cars driving up. Like, police are very clearly nervous about these gangs uh, meeting. And then the fact that there's a a, a gunshot um, kind of gives them the authority to kind of break up this, this mm-hmm. meeting and start billy-clubbing the shit out of people. Um, and it, I guess I just thought, you know, I had this feeling when I first saw the movie, uh, what, probably two years ago at this point, but I feel like the movie... Was kind of setting up to do something greater there, and then it, it kind of seems to cop out. Sure, I don't know.
2: I uh, cop out. Huh? Uh, um, yeah, there we go. I think I agree with that. I, you know, you, we you have to take the movie for what it is instead of what you want it to be. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I and and maybe this is a take that somebody more knowledgeable um, or or a better historian would be able to contest. This doesn't strike me as a civil rights movie. necessarily unfortunately maybe Mm -hmm. it's based on a book that doesn't have a lot of interest in that aspect in fact i think that this this um film probably has more interest in that uh than the original uh novel did i can't remember the name of the novel i can look it up um but uh this this movie is in in my opinion more interested in in the psychology of the gangs themselves and to that uh Extent it is actually um, legitimately subversive and legitimately um, interesting mm-hmm. in that uh, this is not a this is not an anti-gang movie. This is not a movie where we're supposed to be tut tutting or wagging our fingers at the gangs in this movie. We're supposed to sympathize with them mm-hmm. and even yeah. with their psychology, um, even almost to the point of Luther's nihilism is supposed to be something that we can. Um, if not empathize with, then at least sympathize with. Right, we can understand. Um, in the uh, the female character, and I feel like a fucking dick. Mercy. But I, Mercy? Is that her name? Okay. I um, don't know if that's her real name. I don't remember, or remember a lot of the names? characters' names in this because they're like Cowboy and yeah. Rembrandt Swan. and Swan. Yeah, Cochise. Um, is Cochise one of them? Cochise that's is,
1: funny. yeah, one of the members of the Warriors.
2: Yeah. um, But I think you're right. I think that, like... And and maybe maybe that's a legitimate criticism to level against this movie. Then that like in the absence of an actual um, coherent sort of civil rights um, anti police brutality anti um, authoritarian message, yeah, uh, maybe setting up Cyrus that way and, and framing that first scene in those terms so explicitly because I agree with you it's it's a pr- fairly explicit. Th- mm-hmm. I mean he looks like. He, he's giving a Malcolm X speech yeah. up on that. He's in this oh, he's grand yeah, robe, yeah, this yeah. dashiki-looking uh, robe.
0: Not only that, his, his gang is literally like a stand-in for the
2: Black for Panthers. For the Black Panthers, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think the riffs in, in general are like exactly the Black Panthers, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, um, and <laughs> they were, you know, undone by the police in some ways. Uh, yeah. Go figure. But um, I think that in the absence of that, it might be unfair of this movie to leverage those visuals
1: – um, I don't know. That's it's more I,
0: like a lingering thought that I have more than the, necessarily like something that ruins the movie. I really right, love this movie. Right. Like so I do. The
1: the gap between what you're talking about the movie being and what you think the movie might have been or like the hopes that you might have had for it, I think are bridged by what uh, Walter – was it Walter? Walter Hill, the director of yes. this film back in 2014, he spoke to Esquire. Sure. <clears throat> And he said, uh, I think the most unusual thing about the film was the fact that it didn't present the gang and gang structure as a social problem. It presented it simply as a fact, as the way things are and not necessarily a negative. It presented them from their point of view. Up until then, I think all of the movies had been more like, let's look at the situation and figure out why these people are turning out to be doctors and lawyers and dentists. Or or not... Turning out to be doctors and lawyers and dentists, this was a movie that accepted their values and essentially understood that a street gang was a defensive organization rather than an offensive one. Nice. It didn't preach to them about middle class was values. Yeah, director saying this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, was, he, had, he, was, yeah he did. He did. And Don't that's, fucking figure, and right? That's, and that's what I'm saying is that um, the space between it making more like pointed social statements sure. and it just telling like so uh, sort of a, a nice uh, um, exploitative like uh, grindhouse tale is sort of bridged by the fact that like yeah. it is it's like the same defense I wow. criticized Jojo Rabbit for having is like, it's telling it from a gang's point of view, a gang's point of view in 1979, which this movie was set in like a near future dystopian near future. He said from 1979. Yeah. So roughly what? like 1985, 1989, 1984, perhaps much to think about. You <laughs> know, dystopian 1984, um, uh, that like, that is what they're focused on. This is probably like a post civil rights world. They're like, in the hopes of unity, they've got grand ideas about what gangs can be like. Right. And um, they are not fulfilled.
2: I have I have two thoughts on that. I'm sorry I kept trying to Please. jump in. I, I need to get better at that. Um, uh, anyway, so... I, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, one, I think that that Walter Hill thing might have turned me all the way around on what I was saying before. So oh, yeah? Good job. Uh, there's an good inter- job, Walter. There's an interesting argument to be made and one that I've seen made about other movies and media uh, that I might... Uh, have a lot of sympathy for which is that like you you sort of telling a story legitimately from the point of view of the marginalized um or oppressed people sort of necessitates leaving behind that sort of didactic um moralizing that Mm -hmm. you could do in another movie and that's actually like that's a more sophisticated and also more fair and more, um, humanizing approach to telling a story about a marginalized class is instead of, because when you when you create a morality play about a marginalized class, you're sort of by necessity, uh, creating a power differential where you're speaking for them and talking down to them, whereas if if, uh, if you can just depict them or, you know, like better yet, actually just let a marginalized class direct their own story, tell their own story but when you're telling their story from their point of view, um, you don't have to talk down to them, and so you don't have to create a morality play. Those things mm-hmm. can just exist. It's interesting. He's like he doesn't say it, but he sort of implies that like every other movie about the poor of New York was told from the perspective of those people on the subway. And the third act of this movie, and that scene is such a radical and um, pointed thesis statement for this whole movie because it's like. Like, those are the people that maybe you would follow in, like, a Woody Allen movie or mm-hmm. in, like, a different movie. It's like, that's not who we're following, like, at all. In fact, right. the, the fact, the sorry, to set up the scene that I'm um, talking about, it's at the end of the movie, right before the Warriors get back to Coney Island. They're taking their final subway ride, and they're all exhausted and covered in blood and grime and uh, sweat and dirt. And uh, some of them are barefoot, including um, Mercy. Or no, Mercy has like like these
1: high heels, high
2: heels on. But her her um, feet are torn up to hell because she's been crossing New York. Dirty,
0: clearly, right. just Caked in um, dirt. Yeah.
2: And these prom goers get on the subway, and it's an empty subway otherwise. And they're kind of drunk, and they're having fun, um, and they're they're very well dressed, and they're they're immaculately groomed with like the big hair and makeup and. Um,
1: Super wide collars.
2: Right, and and tuxedos. And they sit down, and they're, they're next to these people who look like they're, you know, I mean, they're the warriors. They're wearing right. these leather Completely vests feral people. and nothing else, and covered in blood and dirt. And it's just like, that is such a jarring uh, scene. And it's the first time we've ever seen anyone from the quote-unquote real world. I was about to say, it's the movie. first
1: time we've seen anybody who's in a lot— not in a gang costume. Well, somebody who's not
0: just standing on a train platform. First time we are right. We are actually that they're front, not just a blur. They are part of a scene. Yes. That, yeah.
2: Um, and it's it's radical in how it changes the scope of what you're looking at, right? Mm. Because you almost forget. Because like like even the tagline of the Warriors is these are the armies of the night. It's like this is a movie <laughs> that is it's about vampires. Yeah. It's completely within the world that it establishes right like like this is we are inside this insular
1: community of gangs of New York yeah. sorry uh Scorch-hazy. yeah this is a better movie than Gangs of New I, York whoa <laughs> um that is probably that boils down what I like best about this movie is that it has such like a fantastical tone um and that was intentional but it plays it completely straight like I when a movie can yeah. do that and nail it and like has a point for doing that that is yep. totally my shit.
2: I'm yep. uh I'm going to be Jason Daphnis for a second and talk oh, about how this is a Mad Max movie. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, like it's right. We I mean about like that. a little didn't bit. We talk yeah. about that. We yeah. mention it. It's it's clear in the in the sense that like there is there is a sort of alt mythology and alt history at play here where like you know that all of these gangs every single one of them have like a uh, you can you can easily imagine a more fantastical version of this movie where there's like a keeper right there's mm-hmm. like a like a spoken codex of somebody who remembers and recites the history of the gang and all
1: of its members and where they came from and why they have their names i i don't want to at your point apparently the director wanted narrative voiceover for this movie which would have Ruined, ruined it that. yeah
0: you could see he he kind of fit that in with the radio show segment. yeah which i think a works little so much better i love than the that. radio that's, shows, that's, so. totally, that's
1: totally diegetic and it's like she's a member of, presumably a member of, of the riffs, riffs because yeah. she's like speaking on their behalf yeah that's perfect that works but like he apparently wanted and the term was um uh uh uh, uh, uh citizen kane why am i blanking I like his name George, uh <laughs> Orson, Orson Welles', Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Well, yeah, Nar- narration. Okay, yes. Now, I don't know if that term meant, like, style narration or literally to get Orson Welles <laughs> to narrate <laughs> oh, shit, this movie. Dude.
2: Actually, if they got yeah. Orson Welles to narrate the Warriors, I
1: would watch
0: the <laughs> fuck around, out of that's that. A five yeah, out turn of that five. four and a half to a five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh,
1: but, yeah, that, that goes to what you were saying. Like, if there were more of a um, direct... Definition and delineation of this world, it would have like I think it would have started falling apart because it's created that fantastical space. But that's what I'm saying is that like
2: it doesn't need to do that because we're so inside of it. Mm -hmm. But you can easily imagine, like you can in Mad Max, that those things do exist. They just exist outside the frame of the camera and are already sublimated into what you're looking at. Like that's already cooked, baked into the experience, which is like the highest level of world building. Right?
0: It's it's so. Yeah, it's so smartly done at the beginning right. of the movie where you, you watch the first 15 minutes and you, there are just so many subtle details to let you know that we are watching New York City, but we are watching this kind of alternate reality, right? Like, even the fact that there are these gangs that all dress up in their own kind of unique ways that are that are so kind of cartoonish and outlandish. Very much so, right. Um, it, sets up, it sets up this world where you're immediately bought in for everything else that the movie is going to... to
1: show you. Right. 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 Um, we exist in a world where the movie The Warriors wouldn't exist, right? Because it's like a subculture divided from the rest of the world so yeah. explicitly and so like insularly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: These these are people with no prospects, no future, yeah. no hope. They're they've been disconnected from society itself. Mm-hmm. The point of Cyrus's speech is that they can't continue this way fighting with each other on the margins, they have to instead um, retake the center.
0: Um, it's it's interesting you brought up Mad Max. This is maybe this is a hot take I had. Jason disagreed with it, but hot. I would not mind this movie being remade in a weird way. You know,
2: I've been thinking about that a lot.
0: Uh, no white people. I think
2: that if Ooh, you sure. made a, if you made a twenty twenty Warriors with absolutely no white people, but you like updated the gangs and you like shot it on film and you tried to make it look like grimy
1: practical and, effects and it's, that, yeah,
2: yeah i would actually kind of kind of dig uh, that to be honest I, I said <laughs> yeah. honestly
0: miller if we're going for directors yeah dude like, oh man i would make it a little more over the look, top as long I as think, he's still maybe. feuding with uh uh you wb know, or whatever yeah the production company for the mad max films like yeah I fucking know. i uh or I, babe three, I don't, don't know, know that i want.
1: disagree with the concept of it being remade i think to harry's point it would have to be much more explicit and pointed than the original was i think that I know you said no white people, but and this is the only movie I've seen from Lynn Ramsey, but uh, you were never really here. Really hits that whole tone of like a weird internal, like yeah, s- from a point, very particular point of view, creating a fantastical space to tell a very like dark story. Right.
2: Similarly to the Warriors, like Joe and you were never really here does not exist in the world of exactly. man anymore. He's like he inhabits his own sort of like liminal night space right. away from society.
1: And she has this very conscious use of few cameras to shoot a scene uh, only a couple of angles at a time being very disciplined about it and catching like all these great angles of New York and different I Mm -hmm. mean that's 2017 New York or whatever right Um, but that would be my choice
2: that's a yeah that's a great choice that the, the movie's camera and sound design in that, uh, and you were never really here, it, it creates an, an empathy with Joe where you can see through the camera his vision of what New York is mm-hmm. because it's it's his world and it's a world that we would never be able to see otherwise.
1: Right. And in, um, in The Warriors, it's a world of paranoia and fear and opportunity. And, you know, specifically for the purposes of the plot, it's, uh, it's a minefield, right? Like and, just anybody could be around the corner waiting to just deck you.
2: Yeah. And desperation and uh, immediate gratification um, being the only gratification, which there's an interesting politic there that I um, like a lot. It's embodied in Mercy's character, but it's also the sort of larger stakes behind the tragedy of this movie, I think, right? Um, Which is, I guess, the other thing that that makes Cyrus work for me, um, maybe despite um, the sort of... uh, over-ambitious, I guess, framing of sure. him. Which I do agree with. I think that's a pretty good criticism. Well, it just feels
0: like if you're going to use that kind of imagery, then at least hammer it home. Right. right? Um, yeah.
2: There's an interesting... Um, this is a weird connection to draw, but uh, there's a lot of... Um, at the Trylon recently, they just wa- showed a bunch of Charles Burnett movies. And Charles Burnett is, at least from on my viewing, and again, I'm A, uh, a white dude... And, B, um, kind of a Charles Burnett noob. Uh, I've only seen the movies that they showed at the Mm Trilon, which are uh, Killer of Sheep, My Brother's Wedding, um, To Sleep with Anger, Anger, and... Watts? Watts. Did you see Watts? No, I didn't see Watts. Hmm. I thought there was another one, but I might be. Um, Anyway, sorry. Uh, Charles Burnett was was very, in my opinion, it seemed intimately interested in the sort of... um, what what racists and sort of the conservative media called, like, black fatalism of, sure. of the urban experience, there might have been a particular term for it that I can't remember, but th- there was this idea that um, in, I think, 1980s uh, urban parts of America that that the black communities had somehow given up because they knew things were never going to get any better, and so there was there was this notion that that they they were somehow um only interested in immediate gratification because they knew there was no gratification coming mm-hmm. um I think the the films of Charles Burnett are really interested in that um and uh I felt like the Warriors was too i mean that's pretty much explicitly set up by mercy um who is who is a person who sort of like she she is with the orphans, right? Maybe we should set up her character a little bit. Oh um, uh, yeah, she
1: meets them, or she meets the warriors when the warriors try to walk through the orphans' territory without removing their gang colors. Uh, she sort of eggs on the orphans to like be more assertive and more aggressive to kick the warriors out of their turf or to force them to remove their colors. Um, and then she ends up joining the warriors later on. I'm still vaguely unclear about exactly why she wants a little bit more than the war. Like warriors are small or. The orphans are small-time. We already established that. They're outside the Rift's network. Um, but she ends up uh, grouping up with the warriors and just sort of running for her life with them.
2: Yeah. It, um, it's never really made explicit, her motivations, except that um, – or or never. it's never explicated to us. But I would point out that from the very first scene, the thing that she wants is a warrior's vest. That's what sets up her um, – conflict with between the uh the orphans and the warriors is that they are trying to cross through the orphans territory the orphans agree but then mercy appeals to uh the orphans leaders um sense of uh masculine pride and says like a, a real man wouldn't let another gang just traipsed through their territory. And then he says, you have to remove your colors. And she says, Mm -hmm. give me one of your vests, some of your colors. And that's what the warriors can't do because that's a symbol of their identity, their sort of shared um, self-definition and uh, um, status. And Mercy wants to be a part of that to the point where she actually just joins them as a hanger-on even though she, she's um, ridiculed by them at first, she wants really badly to belong to something. Mm-hmm. And the orphans are literally the absence of that. Right. The orphans, the orphans.
1: Well, I was going to say the orphans are in name and in their own position. And you were talking about this last night, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, not to digress too much about the orphans because they're a pretty small part of the plot. But um, we could talk about it. But They are defined by – how others view them not how they impose themselves upon the world right like even the name right. of the orphans is their relationship <laughs> or lack thereof of to their own like uh ancestry they bring up like newspaper clippings yeah when the
0: warriors when the oh warriors walk up to them and, and they're trying to walk through uh, the orphans territory one of the orphans leader pulls out like a news clipping and shows it and it's like a news clipping uh describing you know he says like various raids they've been on uh, uh whatever But that the idea be. of
2: this is like listen man hey man the orphans should have been a part of this meeting yeah. and we're cool and check out our shit like he pulls yeah. out like my mom <laughs> clipped these out and like look <laughs> it's heartbreaking right like it's I, really sad it's, it's really funny and really like pathetic but yep. also like very sad uh the original book i should say which is also called the warriors um it's by soul your uh i can't remember his last pro yorick yeah, Sol Yurik is the dude's name, oh, which really? is wild. Soul Yurik's it's, it's like a, great a name. yeah,
1: like a video game character. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but that that book was like explicitly, I think, in my in my opinion, at least, more interested in how gang communities like this are formed by and uh, perpetuate a sort of like arrested development, um, where the the like the children are the men who uh participate in these gangs even when these gangs are are capable of extreme violence and extreme sexual violence are essentially children like they're essentially man children uh and that really comes through in this scene where like the the orphans literally they're called orphans and like they're like children right like they're yeah. they're like these these people playing at this sort of like gang badassness but in the process they reveal how all of these gangs are playing at self-mythology and self-definition.
0: And and putting their own conception of masculinity as, like, a front, right? Like, right, Like, one thing exactly. I, we had talked about, Jason and I, when we were watching it, is that you know, the idea of, of getting from the Bronx back to Coney Island seems like a big task, because police are hunting them down, other gangs are hunting them down. At any point, they could just take off their vests, put on a shirt. But that's tantamount to death. Kind of, yes, to and that is it, is, it is stripping them of their, their masculine identity, which is pretty... Self-defining for each of them, right? Right, um, and Which it's something that they just can't do.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because it's not necessarily only a masculine identity, although they yeah. they really go to great lengths to try to make it. Sure, mas- I mean they they threaten to. Uh, we can put a content warning on this, but they threaten to rape Mercy, right? And like that's a pretty explicit uh, reference to um, the idea of like using sexual violence and sexual domination to exclude or to oppress. And separate, and it, it makes the sort of sexual domination um, a part of their identity of masculinity in a way that yeah. that sucks, right? I mean, it is. It feels. It feels like, unfortunately, like the truth behind that, right? Like like the idea of, of defi- self-defining in these violent terms will always lead to violent ends it like that.
0: It is it is also important because Mercy, Mercy is a, a sex worker who has been working. It's yeah. strongly implied basically working for the orphans. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a actually a very strong scene, I think. I was going to talk
2: about this scene, please. N- near the end of the movie
0: where um, she has a conversation with is it Swan? Swan, yeah. Uh, she has a conversation with Swan about um, it's basically their ideologies kind of bumping mm-hmm. into each other, and she basically expressed, you know, she's not living for the long term, she's living for right now because she, there is no long term, yeah. She for, knows for her, she, yeah, and I think the Warriors know that too, absolutely. Um, I mean, so, I
2: like I said, I was going to say before, those are the stakes that the movie establishes, yeah. right? Like
0: the fact that there is no future, what does that
2: mean about who you are now
0: and, um, and, she and what you should she be? She detests the idea, I can't remember the exact quote, but she's something along the idea of being pregnant, having five kids, being broke, uh, and married and, and poor. Um, she detests that idea, so she chooses to kind of seek out the thrill moment to moment. Um, so yeah. it's it's the same kind of stimulus that are impacting the warriors and her in separate manners. I think partly because the warriors are all men, and right, she, she is. A oh, woman. absolutely. Yeah. A,
2: that that's a really good scene. Right, is that she's she's yeah. saying that that. Um, the warriors don't even understand that just by being men, they have a privilege that she can't access, right? Where like there is no, or there's there's only one female gang in this movie, the Lizzie's, and they have to weaponize their femininity against the warriors. But that sort of masculine uh, group version, gang version of self-definition is something that Mercy can't even access. And that was the source of one of her frustrations that leads her to become a foil for Luther, the the rogue um, who shoots, Cyrus, out of a, um, a sort of like nihilism born of total fatalism. Mm. And I, I mischaracterized the urban fatalism um, that I uh, brought up earlier because that was the sympathetic read that the um, criticism that was often leveled against gangs in the 80s was this idea that like these people can't and I'm using scare quotes. These people, uh, they can't see past their own need for immediate gratification and that sort of um, perpetual choosing of immediate gratification over uh, building oneself up and, and uh, accruing wealth or skills necessary for a a better future is why these people are still stuck in Mm -hmm. uh, perpetual sort of um, low class oppressed Yep. Um, environments. It's very and bootstraps
1: argument, right? It's, ex-
2: it's extremely that, and extremely about the myth of and, and the per- American dream. And yes. presented in
0: that manner. And so it, 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 yeah, It makes... it Not only makes incorrect. A, it, yeah, of course it is. Yes. It
2: makes a st- systemic problem into an individual problem, yep. which is exactly the ideology that the conservative um, right. like, idea of America has always used to try to um, mythologize themselves and make okay what they're doing to Mm -hmm. other people anyway um so this movie is sympathetic to the argument that there is no future right like that the system is so uh leveled against the poor and the marginalized that it's it can it can have a sympathetic depiction of what that fatalism looks like because that fatalism comes from a place that is valid and actually true it's like no like i'm not a choosing immediate gratification in lieu of uh delayed sort of greater gratification there's nothing there's no there's no alternative choice Mm -hmm. The the future is has been taken from me there is no future therefore like this is what i'm doing i mean cyrus being killed was the um the end of the future of gangs in New York, right? Like, it, this is, it, it, in a weird sense, it, another Mad Max comparison. It's like a po- post-apocalyptic movie, mm-hmm. especially for yeah. these people. It
0: feels like it, for it sure. Absolutely it absolutely moves works. like it. It feels like it. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I think the ending of this movie is, is slightly understated, but I mm-hmm. think it, it does make a, a pretty important point in that Swan and Mercy, kind of their, I guess their, their final character arcs are, They come back to Coney Island. Swan says something that's very short, but I think actually kind of sums up the end of this movie where he looks around at Coney Island and he said, like, we traveled all that way for this, right? Like, I came home and, like, like, what did we do all this for, right? And they, talking together, they uh, talk about the idea of, like, traveling and, like, seeing other places. Mm -hmm. Mercy says that she's never traveled before. She just knows she'd like it. She just knows (sighs) that she'd like it. And I think there is this idea of, like, abandoning the kind of insular... um, Gang idea of of defending just your own kind of square turf and kind of looking around the world for some sort of yeah, future. Yeah, it's it's
2: like a re, it's like a return to the actual feelings that um, maybe started the gang system in the first place, right? Sure. Like the camaraderie and and sort of like definitions of self, um, because like like these people are making gangs. Uh, the warriors made their gang ostensibly. Um, to feel like they were more than victims, right? Like These are people that are being victimized by the system and by their city and by violence, and they create gangs to punch back, right? To Mm -hmm. say, like, no, this is who we are. We're not just people that you can run over. We're the warriors. Who we are is a bunch of
0: dudes aged 18 to 28 that wear baseball outfits, and we spend approximately two hours a day putting on white makeup to look like a fucking you weirdo, should talk in the Furies. I'm talking. The yeah. Furies. it's the dumbest. Here's the here's the thing about the gangs in this movie. I love the gangs in this movie. I like how it's it's so out there. Some of the gangs with it. It's like who is like 17 years old and like I'm going to join a gang. I want to join the one where they dress up you like baseball their world, man. players. Well, that and so, like, they do to
1: choose the gang they want to be part of. Isn't it all it's geographic?
0: It's probably geographic. It's probably though. geographic. I don't know. Just
2: like uh, one one other thing. Um, well, m- many more things. I've got a lot more to. I. You don't want it to was riff funny because, on because on we were gonna. I was gonna be or? like, man, <laughs> Warriors. It's it's all just there. Like, what do you got to talk about? And then we had all this to talk yeah. about. Uh, there's one of the prom people in their sort of like scared quest to get away from the pores on the subway. Um, drops a corsage. Yeah. And uh, Swan picks that up and gives it to Mercy and says that he's just giving it to her because he doesn't like to see anything go to waste. Um, one, that's like one of my favorite romantic moments in maybe any movie. Uh, I, that
0: scene did not cl- – please sell this to me. That really, scene did not – I was like, okay. That's
2: part of the same scene that they talk about traveling.
1: I Yeah, it is. Here, here's why it worked for me. It's seated. In the preceding scene, where yeah. Mercy is sort of like really giving them the eyeball mm-hmm. and like looking them up and down and really appreciating what they have, he notices that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he picks up the course. I mean, I'm not, it not to saying her. it doesn't also, work. I'm
0: saying I didn't. Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. What did you feel? Uh, I want to know. I think that that that. In a in a quiet, classically, weirdly understated, and you said that that the ending is understated. I think a lot about the Warriors is understated in a really cool way, st- uh, which is everything ironic. Everything else about
0: the movie is so because it's so
2: loud, there, stylistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um that uh, that epitomizes Swan's character arc in this movie, um, and why he he can look around Coney Island and sort of give up the uh, veneer of the sort of gang turf. In fighting um is that he doesn't like to see anything go to waste i mean like and he's talking about mercy herself right like obviously the corsage is a symbol of who she is um and and his his gang themselves i mean like this is this is a person who comes to realize that he loves the people he's with that he like loves fighting for and caring for the warriors and mercy and like that in in the face of no future um the sort of self-definition that becomes meaningful is how you feel about the people around you. Exactly. This sort of, like, in a, in a world where wasting is the, the order of the day, right? Like, they're, they're trying to erase the warriors. The gangs are trying to erase each other. Like, these are people defined by what they can destroy and what they can take from each other. Um, in fact, the warriors are about this sort of, like, definitional self mythologizing that makes you more than you are it it says like we can become warriors together and we can become um we can become something real like real people we can have these these um colors and these notions about who we are like i'm cowboy i'm swan Mm -hmm. i'm you know uh and Or I'm Mercy, in the, in this case. And, like, that makes you a person, whereas before you were dehumanized right, by right. the violence of this system. And there's this sort of, like, this anti-nihilism that makes him the perfect sort of foil for Luther, who, uh, you know, killed Cyrus because he didn't want to see the end of uh, the violence that, that they were all
1: trapped in. Right. There's that is um, personified directly throughout so many parts of this movie. The whole fact that Cyrus is killed, uh, that, um, that Luther is the one who kills him, that even once the warriors, like they're uh, red alert, we've got to get out. Let's, you know, meet at union central or wherever they're going to meet. And then Ajax pipes up and says, well, who made you King? Mm -hmm. Like I have every bit as much right to be like the leader of this group as you do. And it's like, let's prioritize our thoughts here a little bit. Like, there is strength in numbers. This is not just a good plan. It's the only plan. Shut the fuck up yeah. and get with the group. Like, you are trying to distinguish yeah. yourself. You're trying to become king of the group instead of just, like, being one of the warriors and right. exercising it's, what you can do with, yeah. within that group.
0: His, he is kind of the, the... He's not the villain of the movie, but he is the villain of that group that, that kind of over and over again tries to uh, take control. I think his right. character is very much about power and control. Yes,
2: well, in like, it he is he symbolizes the problems with the gang lifestyle that yep. you pointed out right this this it like cyrus himself like this is it's sort of like a um this is what this endless retributive cycle of infighting is producing is people like ajax who are obsessed mm-hmm. with power and with domination and with um the uh um, he recalls it. Of will. Yeah, he
1: recall, recalls it even the concept that he doesn't have equal voice, that he doesn't get to come up with a plan, too, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he, he is literally undone. He's literally like probably even worse in the eyes of gangs to be caught by the cops than to be literally murdered underneath a train by a cop. And he is the only one who gets caught by the cops. Yeah, yeah. Right?
0: Be- because of his own decision. Because uh, of his own hubris, right. Yeah. yeah. Um,.
1: Well,
2: because of his own sort of self obsession, right? Yeah, like, sure. his
0: narcissism. I hey, here's a. Uh, I, try, I, I tried to bring up a lighthearted bit a bit ago, didn't go over well. Let's try another one, <laughs> Hey, guys. If I was gonna make a gang, right? And I, you, had, you gotta make oh a gang. shit, you got oh, no, wait. no, no, that's not what I'm. Wait a minute, I'm setting it up. You gotta make a gang, right? So you're thematically, you gotta come up with your okay. There's Harry, where is he going right with there. this? I think we're as, starting a gang. They're dressed as ah. pe- baseball people, right? Uh, you got the the is it the sirens who are the the women? The lizzies, are, the, Lizzie. the lizzies who are sirens as, is maybe a better name. Sirens is a better yeah. name, but that would be a little too obvious. I a think. little on the nose. The main character renamed.
2: Like, <laughs> what, what's the name of your gang? The sirens. You mean like the mythological creatures that lure sailors to
0: their death? Guys, we got to get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. They're like 80s. They're, they're, like Red they're is all over. so horny. I think they would probably still hang out with them. But uh, you got to make a gang, right? You can make it about literally anything, themed about anything. There's a bunch of people making gangs about like, where are the, where are the shouters? We shout all the time. It's like, why would, I'm going to make my gang about owning handguns. That's it. My, we're called the Gun Toters. We just got guns. About we win a, all a these fights.
1: And using handguns. Yeah.
0: Just oh look, there's a bunch of people with baseball bats. coming over. Oh uh, hey, we got a bunch of handguns. That's our thing I mean, as a gang.
2: I, th- I think that the, Done. the Done. scarcity of guns in this movie is sort of because they couldn't afford. Okay. Or get R- access to firearms. We're, the, fire we're the
0: sword wielders. Oh shit. We wield swords. That's probably no, easier to Baseball bat. No problem. What the f- what the fuck are all these gangs that are like? Oh, we're gonna dress up like. The newsies or some shit. What the fuck is that?
1: It's. I, I understand that it was actually inspired by get, actual New York gangs yep. of the sixties and seventies. That these like very cartoonish, over the top are. Of course, we've already talked about how it ties into the themes of the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it like let's not just shit all over them because people people like gangs like that yeah. actually did exist. Uh, flamboyantly yeah, I, like yes. very proud peacocking types. Yes, uh, it is. Very funny to see them like res- represented in this movie with almost all like, like the ra- uh, the rollerblading guy. There's a gang of rollerbladers. Yeah, there's a gang of rollerbladers, and they're all wearing like overalls, like they're it's little so kindergartners. Good. That's
2: one of my favorite. That's maybe the best fight scene in the movie, though, right? It is a good. The fight warriors scene. go into the bathroom in the. Oh, we should also talk about real quick. We didn't talk about, quick, didn't talk about this a lot. Sorry to to end no, that dude. bit. Uh, that was fine. Bit I thought all of this movie takes place on uh, trains. And subways and in tunnels and in transit, right? Like we had talked about at the at the earliest, how it's geography. Yeah. But like, the, these are like, like these sort of like hidden, literally underground avenues of New York. Like, right. This is the New York that goes unseen. One of the biggest um, romance scenes happens um, in a subway tunnel. Uh, between stations right so where the subway actually runs it's like it's a part of the it's a part of the world not meant for human habitation Mm -hmm. and most of the movie feels like it takes place somehow in a part of new york that is inaccessible to the likes of us right yeah like like it's a hidden world it's a it's an
0: underworld literally it's literally an
2: underworld yeah and i love that that these characters they feel like they're like they're like pathogens in the like Meta- like nervous system or metabolism yeah. of New York right it's like all these literally like liminal moving spaces moving through the 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 um veins of new york
0: <laughs> yeah to the point where like two of like the biggest like oh shit scenes in the movie are when gangs show up with some sort of vehicle like yeah. there's the at the very end the rogues have a car and it's like those guys got a car What the <laughs> yeah <fuck? laughs> we, they just took public transit for like eight hours straight um and there's also the gang near the beginning of the movie that's driving a bus and they're just that's like, the
1: riffs right yeah the riffs, that's, and they got, not, like, that's a, not the riffs that's oh, the uh, i forget it's the skinheads oh yeah whatever their car are they yeah, are they called.
2: Oh, the I don't think the they're bus? called the Skinheads.
0: Ajax calls them. Yeah, skinheads. I forget yeah. what their actual name is. That's a now that's a gang. They got wooden boards with like nails attached to them, and they just. Oh, lean you out want the to window. be part of the
1: Skinheads? No,
0: not no. No, we would. We, I would Shows make a true war, color. I would and make it's a white. War, although I do think there are some people of color on that bus. I yeah, they say. were.
2: It, which was why it was kind of funny to me. I was like, shut the fuck up, Ajax. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you
0: talking about? <laughs> I, I, if it's I was played by gonna, James Remar, if I was going to make a gang, it would be a very woke, diverse coalition of people. Thank Yeah, yeah
1: course here's your here's your dsa rose you son of a
0: bitch yeah we're the we're the bread and i don't know if i don't you, have if a joke you, here.
1: here here's here's the better bit if you had to create a gang in 1979 new york oh no what would you call it and what would your theme be i already Gun- know you already know i took it from the movie though oh no. the it's, gunners and what's your theme? Guns. I shoot you. What are you it. wear? It? It's boring. That's it a Doesn't bad matter what I wear. I got gang. a gun, dude. No, you don't understand. I wear whatever I want. You don't where understand. Where are you going to put that? Gun? Are you going to be standing out there nude with guns strapped pocket? to your thigh? No, I, I work. He's going to look like you, Sean Connery you wear in that one
2: f- movie. What is that one movie where he wears like the? Uh, oh, Zardoz. Yeah, Zardoz. <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> like neon sling? orange like sling. Yeah, why
0: not? Is that a problem?
2: That would be a better. That would be the start towards a gang. I mean, gangs
0: aren't about their combat effectiveness. These days are known by by color coding uh, yeah. headband. Okay.
1: All right. Anyway, what would your uh, gang be? My gang would be the Boppers. Mm. And okay, it's we're taken going back directly to from that gang. movie uh, and the whole thing is dance. <laughs> the whole thing no. is dance moves. You do not move unless it's a dance move. <laughs> you moonwalk toward your opponent back facing them. Alpha move. <laughs>
2: I just want something that's, like, clearly a really, like, obviously bad idea. Like, like early video game enemies that are called, like, the Cocktails. And, like, their thing is that <laughs> they all use uh, nothing but Molotov cocktails. And so when you shoot them, they all light on fire. And it's like, bro, why did you make yourself make so your easy to kill? Like, why did you all... I, that's the kind You're of... Like a, I the of red You're like barrels. a subgroup yeah. from,
0: like, The Division. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, like, like, the one that, like, has a really obvious weak point. Like... One thing I did say to Jason while watching the scene with the Orphans is, like, the Orphans is, like, the perfect name of a gang of just, like, filler enemies to kill in the v- video game. It's like, <laughs> oh, look at the Orphans. There's, like, 900 of them. I'm just gunning them down. You can, you
2: can, like, already see the, like, Yakuza font come up and say, like, the Orphans. And then you are just, like, <laughs> hey, are you punch, like, yeah, six you of them. Uh, yeah, I love It's extremely gaming uh in its in its um tone too where, video game where yeah. ajax is like at, at one point there are there are eight warriors left right and uh he goes he goes eight against 30 where we, we don't have any chances and ajax is like not if they're wimps it's like yeah ajax <laughs> you're gonna take on 30 dudes it's like <laughs> I what the said that fuck are you talking thing, about fucking
1: fascist jackass Yeah, no. uh, hey the bullseyes that fits with your... Bullseyes. Poorly advised, uh, you could wear bullseyes on like Dan- your character. clothing. <laughs> you just
2: wear bullseyes on your... Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> Dude, maybe, I would wreck your dang. If maybe, I was the Gunners, yeah, I would true. own your shit. Uh, maybe if you, if you, like, armor... There's, like, this... Uh, in in Dark Knight Returns, the uh, um, famous comic book, uh, he, he mentions at one point in his, like, internal monologue that the big bat symbol on his chest is actually the most armored part of his... Uh, <laughs> outfit so yeah. that, that when bad guys can see it and shoot at him, they're shooting at his least vulnerable part. And he did that because he can't armor his head. Which I always thought was so funny that like uh I can't remember did who wrote uh famously Frank Miller. Frank Miller, thank you. Frank Miller yeah. wrote uh Dark Knight Returns. Like you can tell he was just like I gotta I gotta uh talk about that. Why I got, wouldn't they just
0: shoot the head?
2: I, he, well, it was like, it was so clear that it had always bothered him, and so he had to put it into his comic <laughs> book, and it's like, Frank, what the fuck? Like, I don't care. Like, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about that. And He like, had to
1: fill some pages.
2: Yeah. I, I. Anyway, that was always funny to me. Uh, Dark Knight Returns is a, is a weirdly similar movie in its, like, utter sort of, um, or... Similar media in that like its depiction of Gotham is similarly um, nihilistic, and there are also like children gangs that run around in that
1: yeah. anyway, um, The Warriors is very good. Uh, what else would you recommend watching, reading, oh, playing, etc? I think in order to get the feel
0: of the warriors instead of watching or playing anything, just get a bunch of friends, drink maybe too heavily, stay out until like four thirty in the morning and just have to take a bus somewhere. It is the exact same yeah, feeling. Yeah, that's actually a really There's, good point. <laughs> no, This movie, more than any other piece of media, perfectly sums up that feeling of, like, I've been awake for, like, 26 hours. I just need to get home. The train's not coming for 15 minutes. I may be a little buzzed in some manner. It is It is like uh, I have not had that feeling in a while because I'm a grown adult, but like that is something I had a lot in college, and I was like, I'm slightly nostalgic for just being bored, waiting for a bus yeah. at four in the
2: morning. Uh, similarly, like I don't that that scene, my favorite scene um, in the in this movie where uh, those kids get on the subway, the like prom kids. Yeah, I feel it. This is gross to admit, but like it is true. Like that is, I felt extremely owned there because I have been those prom <laughs> kids, right? Like I have. Have you ever been that person where like it's like it's like three a.m. and you're like. You're like going somewhere, and like all night diner, loudly, like, yeah. And, but you're but you're in there, and like like because of shitty privilege, right? Like yeah. we're all middle class kids. Like we don't like you. You see someone there who like clearly belongs there more than you, and you just feel like the worst piece of shit. Where it's just like sure. I'm just like a tourist in this city. I'm just passing yeah. through, and then there are people all around you who like actually belong Live, there, yeah. and it's like fuck. But, like, or
0: or the also the feeling of just like. Even removing some of those aspects, just like being with your friends at a spot late at night, and you're like slightly too loud, and you realize like we're kind of annoying, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you, and
2: fuck, you're so, so aware of your place and in you, the world. You have yeah. so much empathy for everyone around you because I've also been the guy who's been annoyed by friends and be like, like so f- can many. Could we shut the fuck yeah. a little bit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like I'm sure you know, you think you're very clever and cute, but you're, you're not. That scene shut makes me so anxious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the final scene of this movie is so gorgeous it's unbelievable Mm -hmm. when they're in coney and uh they're like on the boardwalk and it's it's empty and like the sun is just rising and it's misty Mm -hmm. oh my god like this this is a movie full of like just gorgeous shots and like it's somber and sad in in exactly the right way for this movie and especially after their their crazy night that they had um it's like perfect you look like you disagreed.
0: I think the one thing, i this is just my gut when I saw that, final, because there is a final, they're on the train, and then they finally arrive at Coney Island, and it shows an exterior shot mm-hmm. of Coney Island. And actually, the first shot of the movie is the Ferris wheel at Coney Island, and it's completely pitch black, except for the neon lighting and the Ferris wheel. It's a very beautiful shot. And then there's a similar scene near the end where it shows Coney Island, and it's all lit up during the day, and it's like, mm-hmm. ah, the, the night has progressed into day. That scene is too fucking bright for that. I love the feeling of staying up all night and seeing the sunrise it is not that bright and it's just like a little too bright to get that feeling so just it was just like a personal thing but I was just like it's just a little too bright to get that feeling of like
1: I'm starting fuck, to read this day now I'm starting to read when you say it's just a personal thing or I just don't like that I'm starting to get like I know this is wrong but I'm it's not wrong
0: it. it's it's it can I talk about can I talk about studying abroad are you gonna make fun of me for <laughs> did, you did you study, study abroad, abroad? Uh, fuck shut up this uh, is already a where did I study check, abroad say it at the same time
1: I don't know. Right, Wait, up. where were you? Right. Yeah, I, I studied didn't abroad know this in Turkey. Happened. One thing you studied abroad in Turkey. Turkey? Wow, no one that's gets amazing. This. No one
0: gets this bit. Sometimes when you go somewhere else, you have life experiences that matter in to you Turkey? greatly. One thing that let's say Europeans or let's say people uh, abroad in general do quite a bit better than Americans is actually party and do shit. And like when I was in Turkey, when we would go out, we would stay up until like six in the morning and there's a very distinct feeling of like walking oh, shit, yeah, out of bro. a club and like you're walking out of a club in a touristy area and there are people there to see like tourist sites and you are just like have not gone to bed and that is like kind of the feeling i get at this movie but it's like it's just a little too
1: bright hmm. just a little too well lit this is not the right room for it i don't i don't do that shit I'm a i don't homebody. do that shit anymore
0: either but you know anymore i never
1: bra. did it uh no i I mean like i love that feeling and that's that's the feeling
2: that this movie imparts it's the feeling that i i
0: want to have except that the world is not set up for night owls the world is set up to go to work from nine to five
2: i mean Um, uh this is probably the perfect time to talk about this uh i saw this movie this was the second movie of five at the Trilon up all night marathon uh that happened a couple weeks ago um it was amazing. I uh, can't recommend it highly enough. I don't know when they're doing it again. Uh, John and Barry helped put it on with the help of several other volunteers, so thank you to all of them. They showed five movies. It was uh, Key Largo, uh, The Warriors, Before Sunrise, Miracle Mile, and uh, After Hours. And it ran from 9 p.m. to about uh, 6 in the morning. And uh, that was I had the exact experience you're describing walking out of that. I ended up being i i was ambitious and i thought i was going to go to a diner because i went to a diner before yeah um but then i was too tired and i just went home instead because i'm old uh but um it was it was awesome to like walk out of the line at six in the morning yeah and and just like drive home and there was no one i anywhere. would love
0: to do that every day except i have work that i got to be at nine yeah it, it is one of the my favorite feeling i was telling you i was telling jason about this where uh al's breakfast i used to work security at the u of m we I would do shifts from eleven to seven in the morning and like eleven or like ten forty five to like six in the morning. And I would at six o'clock I would like after my shift where I've stayed up for like twenty four hours just go to Al's breakfast and just like eat <laughs> breakfast while it's freezing cold outside and I'm just eating
1: pancakes one and of like the deliriously tired one of the last perfect places left on earth. It's
0: it's, it's yeah. There's like ne- there's like something so comforting about just being like tired and just like soon I will sleep. But for now I'm just gonna yeah eat some for sure. Yeah.
2: Also just sure. being. Just being awake and uh, aware at a time when you know most people aren't gives you a whole different perspective on the way that the world works or something. I feel wild. that every
1: morning because Aaron sleeps till nine and I'm out of the door by six. I don't sleep till nine. Sleep You're out eight. of the door by six. I'm, I'm, I'm usually out of the door by like seven. Why? 15, it's not even true. Not Work. even true. I hear Jesus. that I hear that dude at seven forty five when I'm looking
0: over my clock. Don't worry about it. That's me. too early you uh, want anyway, to be out of the door um, at 7:15. This
2: this movie is is secretly very sad and tragic in about how uh revolutions can be destroyed and how easy it is to lose um wanting to be something better or or the uh ability to make things better and what it means when you are faced with setbacks like that and when you know that the future is not going to look the way you want it to. Uh who you should be or what you should aspire to be anyway um, in the face of sort of nihilism. Um, and it's fantastic. I like the Warriors a whole bunch.
1: It's a very good yep. movie.
2: Uh, should we do our Arnold bit? Oh, oh, I didn't I think didn't about even, it, but if yeah. you've got one, okay. I don't, I don't know if I, I – I didn't think of one. <laughs> okay. Um, and I know we're going kind of long. Uh, but fine. the, the really last fun. scene when Swan throws his knife into uh, Luther's hand uh. to make him drop his gun um, – What's the uh, what's the line? Oh, shit. He, he throws a knife. The knife goes through Luther's
1: hand, and he drops his gun. Okay, so they're on the beach. It's sun. It's got to be contextual, right? Right. What do we What do we say at that point? Um, you son of a beach. That's mm. mine. I know it's I know it's a zero out of ten, but I got to get we got to get started somewhere. Time for you to get some sleep.
2: Uh, I don't, I thought of you. Been disarmed. Uh, oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's it's like from the beginning, that's better than uh, ours, at least. Jeez. We have to, there has to be, there's one there, there's a better one. Knife to meet you, worse. Knife to meet uh, you's good, <laughs> that's a perfect Arnold one. Um, son of a beach is, is alright. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not.
0: Let's cut to the point.
1: Not bad, yeah. not bad. This, uh, I think we've run out of steam on this already. What was the winner? Yeah.
2: You've been disarmed, as probably. The you've been order, disarmed, right? as yeah, probably. Yeah,
1: you've been disarmed, well. Congratulations. Good. That was Harry. Hey, congratulations, Harry. Harry, thought, you I thought, win. I thought, it, I
2: thought it was rather Coney.
1: I was, I was gonna call him a, coney <laughs> <son of> a... <laughs> All right.
2: Ah, uh, thank you very much for my, listening. Thank you to the Trilon for for showing this at the up all night. Um, John and uh, yeah, John programmed a bunch of weird shit between movies too so if, if you're interested uh in doing that i can't recommend it highly enough
0: um i i really want uh i wasn't able to be there because i was out of town but uh i would definitely i love yeah uh, that kind of shit the Trilon is a similar thing with the trylon's 10th anniversary and I, I know it's probably a lot of work to put on but
1: i will go to any of those that i'm able to excelente Thank you very much for listening to Try Love. Uh, This has been an episode about the Warriors. I am Jason. You can find me uh, on Twitter at NintendoFist. I am Aaron. You can find me at rb Please.
2: I'm Harry. You can find me at Shitake Harry. And uh, for those of you who are concerned, Cody will return. He's just in the Big Easy right now. Uh, Cody
0: was gone. We didn't talk about video games very much. Yeah, this does not need to go this
1: late in the episode. Uh, One last question: Can you dig it?